I was in uh, North Dakota. I was in uh, Fargo. And as I was coming down, it was, like in, it was like in the winter. And I'm coming down into Fargo. Actually, it was March. I was coming down into Fargo, and it was toward, it was toward the evening. And I could see, out the, out the plane of the window, I could see the northern lights. How many have seen the northern lights? You know, video, whatever, YouTube. I've seen, I've seen the northern lights moving across the north. And I, and I watched them for a little bit. They're really mysterious. It's a, it almost looks like gas, like a, you know, whatever, but it kind of moves back and forth, and the lights will shift and change. And colors will shift and change. And I said, Lord, what is that? He said, he said those are my, uh, my virtues. And I said, Lord, your virtues? He said, yeah, those are my angels. Now, I know that there's a phenomena called the northern lights. But the Lord said something different. He said, you see, the, you see that out there? He said, Jeff, these are my virtues. These are my 300 angels. That's what he said. And I said, Lord, I don't understand. And, and uh, when, I, when, I got, when I got done, when I got in, I looked up the northern lights. First of all, I looked up the word, yeah, I looked up the northern lights, and I did, I did a little bit of research on the northern lights, and there wasn't anything in there like that. But then I looked up the word virtues. Now, and, and this, is what the, this is the scripture that came to mind was 2 Peter 1.4. And 2 Peter 1, 4, most of you are, are familiar with it. Let me just quote it real quick. <clears throat> 2 Peter 1, 4 says this. By means of these, he has bestowed on us his precious and exceedingly great promise, so that through them you may escape from moral decay, the rottenness and the corruption that is in the world because of covetousness, lust, and greed, and that you might become sharers or partakers of the divine nature. So you and I are called to be partakers or sharers of the divine nature. Christ in me. I am supernatural. We have access to everything that, everything that Jesus did, we can do. And we're supposed to do greater, greater miracles, greater things, greater signs and wonders. We, are, we have access. We are sharers. We are cooperators, partakers, collaborators of the divine nature, stewards of the supernatural. That's who we are. It's, it's not natural for us to not be supernatural. We are supernatural. You are. Turn to somebody and say, you're supernatural. You're supernatural. That's, that's normal. And then it says this. So we, we have become sharers or partakers of the divine nature. For this very reason, because, because we are sharers, because we are partakers of the divine nature, for this very reason, adding diligence to these divine promises. I'm reading out of the Amplified. He said, employ at every opportunity, exercise your faith. Put your faith to action. We're, we're partakers of the divine nature. And because we share this cooperation, at every opportunity, employ your faith. 
In other words, put it to work. Start sticking your hand out there. One of the, one of the, one of the things that Bob Jones told me that, that uh, has, has st stood with me, and Bob was my pop, he said, boy, you'll never know what you can do until you stick your hand out there. <laughs> stick your hand out there. You'll never know what you can do until you just start doing it. Just stick your hand out there and exercise your faith. And as you exercise your faith, God will use you. I guarantee you one thing, they're not going to get healed if you don't lay hands on them. Exercise your faith. Put it to work. See what might happen. Stick your hand out there and heal the sick. And God will use your faith like currency because we are partakers, sharers, collaborators of the divine nature. So, so, so it says, add, at every opportunity, employ, exercise your faith, and develop virtue. There's that word virtue. So I looked up the word in the Webster Dictionary, the word virtue. And it says many different things there. It talks about virtue and the virtuous woman and, you know, the Proverbs 31 woman. Virtue, you know, righteousness, holiness, set apart, virtue. But then it also says in the Webster Dictionary, it says an order of angels, 300. An order of angels, 300. And I thought, the Lord said, see? <laughs> I was coming down, I'm telling you this for a reason. I'm coming down in the plane. I'm looking at the northern lights and the Lord said, oh, those are my virtues. Those are my angels, an order of angels, 300. He said, Jeff, those are my 300 my 300 angels, those are my northern lights. In other words, I have angels in reserve. I'm getting ready to release something in Canada, release something in the U.S. I'm getting ready to release my angels. And this is a season that the Lord is releasing the angelic realm. You are in a crosshair with God. You are in a time and a season with God. I'm prophesying over you tonight. I got the mantle of prophet on me tonight, okay? So I'm going to prophesy over you, and I'm going to tell you just exactly where you are at and where we are at. You are in the crosshairs of God. He's got you in his sights. And what's getting ready to happen in this nation is amazing. Well, actually, it's already happening. Last night, I was in Brisbane, and, uh, and I was prophesying, and I stood up, and I started talking about, I started talking about uh, Anzac. And I know nothing about Anzac. I, very little. And I began bringing this word. I said, it's time now. I, hear, I heard the Holy Spirit say, it's time. And then I heard the Holy Spirit say, dig out. <laughs> Seriously. I'm, sta I'm, a, I'm a yank. You know, I'm standing up there. And I know very little about, you know, Diga, I know very little about, and Anzac, I know very little about, but the Lord said, Jeff, I'm raising up my, my Joel's army, the Australian army. He said, because they don't back down. They just don't back down. I'm preparing, I'm raising up an army, I'm raising up a Joel's army. I'm raising up an army that will not, that will not retreat in the face of danger. And whenever a, a tough job was needed to get done, God would send in the Aussies, Anzac, and the Kiwis would send them in.
Because they wouldn't back down. They were a nation of misfits. But that's exactly who God uses. He uses the disenfranchised. He uses the ones that have the label. He uses, you know, David's mighty men. They were all misfits. Every one of them were misfits. He collected them. He took them. He invested his virtue. He invested his life into them. And they were loyal to the death. One, one of them, by the Spirit of the Lord, defended a, a lentil patch, a bean patch, slew a thousand Philistines just defending a piece of turf. Anzac. Ozzy. And so I'm prophesying over in Brisbane last night, get ready. God is raising up an Australian army. He's raising up a dreaded champions. This is a season where his virtues, his power, his angels, uh, the assignment, uh, the revival, uh, the, what, what's in the DNA of the Aussies. God sees it and he said, these are my dread champions. The enemy had no idea what he was doing when this nation, you know, when, when England shipped all of its convicts. All of the misfits. Let's just stick them on an island in the south. Had no idea what they were doing. Putting them all together. But something amazing is being birthed in this season. This, and and the, here's what the Holy Ghost showed me. He said, Jeff, Australia has, has had bouts of revival. And listen, I love revival. I, I, I love revival. I'm a revivalist. I love revival. I love miracles. I love to watch God move. I love the hand of God to move. I love to watch the supernatural. I love to see people just getting shellacked. I love to watch it. But there's something, there's something in this nation now that God is doing in preparation. See, he's going to whack the fire out of you. He is going to. He's going to get a hold of his, he's going to, he's going to light the boomerang on fire. You've heard me say that multiple times. And there's a reason for it. It's not just so you can roll around on the ground and, you know, whatever, you know, because that gets weird after a while. Then you start chasing experiences. People coming to church, oh, I got whacked again last night. Well, that's great. What is that producing? What, what's that producing? Yeah, you roll on the floor. Golly, that's great. Awesome. You got filled with the Holy Ghost, got the goosebumps. You even got a miracle because God was there. But it's got to produce something. Adding to your faith. It's got to produce virtue. It's got to produce something. You see, it's not about, it's not about the experience. It's not about, it's not about you being touched by heaven so that you could uh, you know, have an encounter or have an experience. Those are all attributes. Those are all the overflow of God filling you, uh, bringing you revelation, you know, heaven, heaven coming down on your life and God rewiring you and recircuitry. You know, everything's changing in you so that you can get out there and do something with it. You can win the lost, you know. And, and if you're not giving away what you have, then you're chasing experiences. You're chasing encounters. And next thing you know, you're intergalactic councils. We got we to gotta do something with what we got, guys. Got, and, and, and there's something about the Aussies. Sorry, I, I'm, just, I'm just being honest with you. Uh, there's something about the Aussies that God, he really, really, really likes. First of all, you're a no-bull society. 
Can't pull it over on the Aussies. Street smart. Can't be hustled. I like that. Straightforward, huh? Can't be hustled. They see it coming, it's like, yeah. I like that. And when you see the real thing, you say, that's what I want. And like David's mighty man, you won't back down. The scripture says, Proverbs 23, 7 says that the righteous are bold as lions. The righteous are bold as lions. So last night I'm bringing this word. And I'm talking about Anzac. And I'm talking about God is raising up the Australian army. Because when they get in the trench, they will cover the backside. They, 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 they won't back up. They won't mess up. I think many of you know in 1917, uh, what many generations couldn't do, Napoleon, the Muslims, they couldn't break through the Turks. And, and the, uh, the British had tried to, to break through. In fact, it, it stated that the British had been praying for years that Israel would become a nation again. And, uh, and so they, they went through the, the desert and they tried to break through and they couldn't. And so the Aussies volunteered, 800 light horsemen, they volunteered and they broke through the wall and they got into Israel and they reclaimed it for the Lord. And it's interesting that the general that handed over that territory to the Jews, he was a little boy that from his very early age had been praying every night for Israel as a nation that it'd be rebirthed again. And so uh, that was two Jubilees ago in 1917. What Napoleon couldn't do... What the English couldn't do, the Aussies did. There's a blessing just because of that. And here we are. There's a lot of symmetry right now. Here we are right now. And what many believe, the year 50, 5776, we just, we're in 5775, we're getting ready to come into 5776. 5775, 5775 is the year of the double doors, the double-double, the double fives, the double sevens, but it's double portion, double anointing from Elijah to Elisha, you know? It's, it's all of these things, and it's also the year of the whirlwind, 5775. This year, 5776, is the year of shining bright light. Iron Vav. Is that right? Iron Vav. Shining bright light. It's the year. It's the year of the glory. The shining bright light. The light is the glory. The Bible says God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. God is light. The light is the glory. It's the year of the glory. This is a year... When we return back to the glory of God, it's a year where God starts establishing and releasing his glory in cities, in people, in churches, in individuals' lives who are completely sold out to him. This is the year, 5776 is the year of shining bright light. It's the year of the glory. Deuteronomy chapter 32. I'm, Jacob, it says that Jacob was in the midst of the howling wind, howling desert. Deuteronomy chapter 32. Deuteronomy chapter 32, starting at verse 12. Starting at verse 9. For the Lord's portion is his people, Jacob, 
is the lot of his inheritance. For he found him. Remember Jacob wandered in the, in the wilderness? He found him, verse 10, in a desert land in the howling void of the wilderness. He kept circling around him. Jacob couldn't see him. But God was circling around him. He scanned him penetratingly. He was checking him out. Scanned him. He kept him as the pupil of his eye. So as Jacob was in the wilderness moving, the Lord said, there's my inheritance. And, and, he, and, he, and he just basically did this thing. He just encircled around him. He scanned him. He checked him out. Jacob had no clue that God was there with him, but he was scanning him, checking him out, saying, this is my inheritance. In him comes my kings. In him, through him comes my Messiah. My inheritance is in that man. My family, my lineage, my people are in that man. And the Lord rejoiced in him. He delighted in him. And Jacob had no clue God was there, but he was circling around him. And the Lord was, I, I can imagine the Lord just dancing around him saying, that's my inheritance. My son is going to come through yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> and it says this, verse 12. So the Lord alone led him. There was no foreign God with him. The Lord said, he completely, he's mine. He completely trusts me. There is no other God around him. The God of the Chaldeans, the God of the Midianites. There are no other gods around him. He doesn't trust anybody but me. That's my inheritance. Look at that. No other God is with him. He's not dependent upon anybody else. God was scanning him, encircling him. That's what he's doing with you. He made Israel to ride on the high places. Jacob changed his name to Israel. He made Israel to ride on the high places because God's favor and his blessing was on him. And he, he ate the increase of the field, and he made him suck honey out of the rock. There's no rock like our God. Jesus is our rock. He made Jacob. He fed him on the high places. He blessed him, and he caused him to suck honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty stone. My Lord said, Jeff, I'm rubbing my oil into my people. I'm going to cause them to suck honey out of me. I am the rock. They're going to suck honey. They're going to take their life from me. They're going to suck honey out of the rock. They're going, to, they're going to suck oil out of me. The oil of anointing, the oil of favor, the oil of blessing, the oil of joy. All of the oil. They're going to be sucking the oil out of me. They're going to be sucking the honey. Honey is the word. Your word is like honey on my lips. They're going to be sucking the word. They're going to be sucking honey out of me. This is the season for it. And the Lord said, Jeff, that's what I'm doing in, in Australia right now. I'm raising up a, an army. I'm raising up a Joel's army. He said, I'm getting ready to mobilize them. I said, Lord, what do you mean mobilize? And he said, mobile eyes. He said, there's a revelation coming. I'm going to open the eyes of my Australian church. I'm going to open the eyes of this, of this army that won't back down in the face of adversity, and they're going to see 
heaven. They're going to see the angelic. They're going to see the miraculous. They're going to see that I am with them. Jacob could not see the Lord in the wilderness as the Lord encircled around him. But the Lord said, no, no, no. In this season, as they suck honey out of me, honey is like revelation. It brightens the eyes. Samson stuck his hand into the lion. Is that right? And he pulled out honey and he tasted it and it brought lightness to his eyes. Honey is revelation. The Lord said, Jeff, what I'm getting ready to do, what I'm, I'm going to cause my dread champions in Australia to do. God's got his eyes on you. He's been penetratingly scanning you. He's been checking you out. He, he sees your hunger. He sees your no back down, no quit attitude. He sees... He sees everything that, that you've been about in, 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 oh, throughout the years and the decades and even the centuries. Everything that you've been about. And in this season, it's all coming together. It's culminating together into a time and to a season. And the time isn't now. I'm going to cause them to suck honey, revelation, out of me. And I'm going to put my anointing. They're going to suck the oil of my presence out of me. And they're going to see me. And, 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 and the Lord is releasing. You're going to see heaven. You're going to see the your, heaven's going to open up above you. This is a season of angelic visitation. This is a season of angelic encounter. This is a season where God gives you keys. I'm talking to you now. I'm talking to, I'm talking to Australia. I'm talking to uh, God's dread champions. That's what he calls you. I'm talking to the Anzac. I'm talking to the, to the Australian army. I'm talking to the diggers that won't back down in the face of adversity. That's what I'm, and God is raising. There's a reason why he's been cracking you and whacking you. There's a reason why you've been going through the things that you've been going through because it's all about preparation. It's all about, hey, you're going to back down because a little bit of adversity comes up against you? No, no, no. It's called tenacious tenacity. No, I'm not backing down. Where am I going to go? Like Peter said, you alone, God, have the words of eternal life. Where am I going to go? I've got nowhere else to go. I'm in the ditch. I'm in the trench. What the others couldn't do, the Aussies did. Two jubilees ago. Broke into Jerusalem and defended her. Broke through. And when they did, they saw all kinds of angelic manifestations. They saw cities that lit up supernaturally. That's what God did for the Aussies and for the Kiwis. I'm talking Aussies tonight. Angelic power, angelic assistance, angelic help. God is sending help. And in this season, listen... Listen, you need a revival. God's going to light you on fire so that you can produce something. There's something, and, and, and I've said this before, and I don't want to get off on this again, but Australia is a first fruits healing nation because of Dowie. He's the granddad of the current healing model. Dowie grew up in Adelaide. Where the, one of the coins, one of the angels that was on the plane, Adelaide was five cities, five coins, five scrolls, five cities. Adelaide, Melbourne, Canberra, Sydney, Brisbane created the boomerang. He said, I'm going to light my boomerang on fire. I'm going to set Australia ablaze. It's only been a couple of years. It's only been a couple of years. That's nothing in God's timeline. We're coming into another wave, another revelation, another, another, uh, another reality, another dispensation, another outpouring. Something's going to happen in this nation. 
I want to tell you something. I was, uh, I was at Catherine's place again in, in, in March. And I think this is the first time outside of what, when it happened, I shared it in Brisbane then. But I'm going to share it with you now. I was, uh, I was there with uh, Jeremy Nelson, a good friend of mine, and Miranda, his wife, was there. And we were doing a Sears event. You saw some of the pictures of the crusade yeah. that were up there. That was in Haiti. That was 70,000 people on the last night, 70,000 people. A lot of people got saved. It was a great time. I love crusades. And on the, I, I, well, I got back from Haiti. I got a call from Catherine. She said, listen, Bobby Connor was supposed to be with us. He said, but uh, he got sick. Can you come? I said, Catherine, I'll have to check my schedule. I, I'm booked out, you know, long way. She said, well, check your schedule and get back to me. I checked my schedule. I had one cancellation. I couldn't remember what it was. One cancellation. It's kind of like me being here. One cancellation. And it was that weekend. And the Lord said, go. I said, Lord, I'm tired. <laughs> the Lord said, go. So I, I called her. I said, I'll come. So I got a ticket, got there, and it was March the 12th. Today is the 12th. It was March the 12th. Picked me up at 9 o'clock in the morning, and they said, hey, you're on at 10 o'clock. I'm like, really? Let me, wipe this, let me wipe the sauce off of my mouth from, you know, wash my face with a hot rag, you know, and I'm good to go. <laughs> Jet lag and all. So uh, I stood up, and it was a pretty full house, packed house. Let me, let me just wipe the, the Starbucks off my, you know. And, and so, so I stood up to preach at 10 o'clock, and I, and, and I stood up, you know, did the worship, the whole thing, and then I stood up, and I took the microphone, and I said, it's, gonna, it's getting ready to rain. I began talking about the river in heaven. I began talking about revival coming into this nation. I began talking about the rivers of heaven, the river that's in heaven that flows out of heaven in Revelation chapter 22. Is going to, God is going to water the house. He's going to pour his glory out. He's going to pour out the river of God through the church, through the church in Australia. Because, you know, Jesus said, out from your belly will flow. When we're connected with him, we're connected with the river. He is the river. He's the river of life out of Revelation chapter 22. John said, at, he's, he said at the end of all things, he said, then he showed me the river. After he saw New Jerusalem coming down, after he saw all these different things, Revelation 22, he said, he showed me the river. And it was sparkling. It was crystal. It was flowing out of the throne and flowing out of the lamb. The river flows out of the lamb. I began prophesying in Brisbane. I said, it's beginning to rain. The river is going to flow. It's, it's, the heavens are opening. It's going to flood. You know, you know what happened? The heavens opened. <laughs> Blue sky. You could hear it come down on the metal building. It poured. It downpoured out of a clear blue sky for 15 minutes, just as a sign. So I preached that night, preached Friday, and I preached. I was ready to preach Saturday night. And as I'm preaching Saturday night, getting ready to preach, I'm sitting on the row, like here, and there's, I don't know, seven, eight hundred people in the building. And, uh, and I'm, uh, I'm sitting on the front row, and, you know, they've got, they've got, I appreciate ushers, right? You know, I appreciate the ushers. They put them up, you know, in the men in black, I call them, they, to, to protect the speakers, you know, make sure that the crazies don't get to them. I've been attacked by crazy people. I can appreciate the ushers, isn't that right? 
I can appreciate the effort. I've been attacked by people. And uh, so this little, young, little, cute, sweet, 16, 17-year-old black intercessor girl comes. Somehow she made her way past. I guess she looked a little normal when she walked past, like, because there's, there's people worshiping up here. And she got past, and when she got past him, she went, How? She, you know, she started manifesting the Holy Ghost. Oh, Brother Jansen, I got a word. Jesus got a word for you. Ho, you know, ho. She was a hoer. One of those, ho, Brother Jansen, Jesus has a word for you. Ho, you know, almost Pentecostal. And, and the ushers came. I said, no, 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 just let her be. I said, isn't that cute? She's got a word for me. I said, come here, sweetheart. Put your hand in my hand. I'm sitting down, you know, I'm thinking, oh, okay, I'm going to get the word. She put her hand in my hand, and she began to prophesy. She began to tell me things that only Jesus and I know. She began to talk about conversations that my wife and I had. She, and, and I realized very, very quickly that Jesus was wearing a little black intercessor suit. <laughs> and she, Jesus was talking through her. Jesus was a black man, black woman, <laughs> talking through her. And, this, and he was, he was, she was saying, and this is going to happen, and this is happening, and, and you really need to take care of this. And I'm going, I'm weeping now. Because Jesus is talking to me. He's black. Talking to me. She's a sweet little girl. She's prophesying. Jesus is talking through. And, 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 and many things. And then she said, and the Lord is going to take you to heaven tonight. And you're going to receive a, a healing. And I'm weeping because I needed, I didn't let anybody know, but I needed a, heal, a healing. I needed a miracle. I didn't let anybody know. Nobody knew. And I'm weeping. So I composed myself that night and I preached. Now, this was in March. That was on the 14th. It was Saturday night. I went home after the meeting, and I thought about everything that that little girl said, <laughs> that Jesus in the little black girl suit. <laughs> Jesus was wearing a jumper. I thought of everything about that, about what he said, and I fell asleep. And I woke up in the morning, and I looked at the clock. I made it a habit. I wake up in the morning. I lay there for a minute, and I'll open my eyes. And I looked at the clock, and it was 5 a.m. And I thought about everything that the Lord said to me that night. I wasn't thinking about the meeting. I wasn't thinking about the Sears conference. I was thinking about what the Lord had spoke to me. And then I closed my eyes, and I drifted off what I thought drifted off to sleep. It was actually an encounter. And I remember sinking into the bed, closed my eyes, I remember sinking into the bed, and Jesus came, and he got me, just like the little girl said. Jesus came and took me by the hand. The next thing I know, I'm standing in heaven. Wow. I know it's heaven. Did, you, did I share this before? Did you hear this? I'm standing in heaven. The Lord is standing on my left-hand side. And I'm looking, I know I'm in heaven, but I'm looking at a 1950s revival scene. It's a 50s revival. There's like 7,000 people there. 
You know, that's what it looked like, an old, old 1950s revival. It wasn't a tent. It was like a big revival center, a big building. And I'm looking at the Lord. He didn't look at me. He was looking out that way. And so I looked out this way. And as I'm looking, there's a man standing right in front of me. And he had a white suit on. And I knew exactly who it was. It was Branham. It was William Branham. He was, William Branham was the leading prophet of the day. Out from underneath his ministry in 1946, angelic visitation. The angel came to him and explained his, his really bizarre, unusual life and said, you were born into the world for this time to bring a message of healing to the nations. And within six months, you will be a household name. And from that time on, that's out from underneath, his ministry was birthed the great white tent revivals of the late 40s and the 50s. William Branham, Jack Coe, G. Gordon Lindsay, A.A. A. Allen, Oral Roberts, all were birthed out from underneath that move of God. T.L. Osborne. And revival swept the world. I'm standing in heaven, and I'm, the Lord is here, and I'm looking at this revivals, 50s revival scene, and there was Branham. You know what he, he, and he approached me. He walked up to me. He put one hand on my chest. He put one hand on my shoulder. And just like he did, if you ever watch any of his movies, any of his documentaries, he proclaimed me healed. Never said a word. I, didn't, I wasn't asking for anything. He approached me. I could feel his hand. You, you know they're not dead, right? People say, well, you're, that's necromancy. <laughs> necromancy. Talking with the dead? Necromancy. They're not dead. They're more alive than we are. He approached me, put one hand on my chest with the Lord standing there, put one hand on my shoulder, and he said, I proclaim you are healed now. You are healed. Just, that's, that's what he would do. He did that to me in heaven. I could feel the power of heaven. I did get the miracle, but I stood there, and I could feel heaven all over me. And then he began to impart to me. And then the scene changed. And, and it's like a television screen. The scene changed, and it, Bob Jones was there. Now, Bob had just died two years ago, but Bob was there. And, and you know, and this was kind of what it was like. I don't know if any of you have been around Bob. You've heard Bob Jones. Bob was my spiritual pop. And, um, and uh, have you ever been, you know, got a remote and you're flicking through the channels and you come across like a used car salesman and, and, you, and you flick the channel and it's like right in the middle of a sentence. That's what it was with Bob Jones. It's like the channel changes like, hey, make sure you take care of this, Jeff, and take care of that. And it's like, come on down. Howdy, howdy, friends and neighbors. A good friend, Monte Slim, telling you, come on down here to White Track, Bloomington. You know, that kind of a, you know, car salesman kind of a thing. And here's Bob Jones, and make sure you take care of this, and Jeff, make sure you take care of that, and do this, and do that, and oh yeah, don't forget to do that, and don't screw it up. That's what he told me. He said, because you're connected to my testimony. And then it was over. And I get, I'm laying there in this power, and I woke up, and I looked at the clock, and it was 5.55. And the Lord said, Ho! Like the little girl. How? He said, if you're thirsty, Isaiah 55, then come to the waters. You who have no money, come. Buy. 
spiritual wine and milk and water, honey, simply for the price of self-surrender. Why do you spend money on that which does not satisfy? Eat from me and your soul will revive. And verse 5 says this, Isaiah 55, 5 says this, For you will go to nations that you do not know. Nations will come to you because of the Holy One of Israel and because I've glorified you. And he said, Jeff, what day is it? Now the Lord's talking to me. He's still there. He said, what is it? What's today, Jeff? And I'm thinking, uh, um, what's today? What's today? Because I'm still thinking, I still have that whole thing's on me. And I'm going, uh, uh, it's March. It's March 15. And he said, he reminded, as soon as I said March the 15th, he reminded me. In 1955, there's that number again. In 1955, it was March the 15th, 1955, William Branham declared in Grants Pass, Oregon, he declared the voice of healing in America. Jack Coe was there. G. Gordon Lindsay, which later on had established a magazine called The Voice of, Heal or the Voice of Healing, and it went on to be Christ for the Nations. How many are familiar with Christ for the Nations? G. Gordon Lindsay. He was there. Coe was there. There were some others that were there. But William Brennan, because he was the leading prophet of the day, and it was at the height of the Great White Tent Revivals, he declared, America, you are in healing revival. He said, Jeff, where are you? I said, I'm in Brisbane. And he said, the same thing is happening in Brisbane. That, not Brisbane, Australia. Nineteen fifty five, March the fifteenth, two thousand fifteen, March the fifteenth, sixty years to the day. And the Lord said, Jeff, I'm releasing an Isaiah sixty. Arise and shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon. He said, it was 60 years. You can't make this stuff up. You just can't make it up. We're along for the ride. Times and seasons, understanding, revelation. He said, just like it was in America, it will be in Australia. It's time for national revival. And not just Australia, but the nations. I was in Australia. He said it was Branham then, and it's Branham now. And it's not about Branham. It was a correlation. He represented revival that swept the world. There's a revival that's coming out of Australia that will change the world. It will shift the world. He's got a people of dread champions that he's been investing in. He's going to light you on fire. Some of you are going to burn and scream. Some of you, and he's going to burn all kinds of things out of you, the dross. But you have a father. You are not orphans. You are not illegitimate. You have a papa, and you've got an older brother. 
You have access to the divine nature. You, there's a cooperation. There is a participation. There is access to the divine nature. And he's going to employ your faith. He's going to put your faith to work. He's going to burn you so that you can be some earthly good. He went all the way to the cross for you. He poured out his blood. He poured out his word. He poured out his life. And he given you his spirit so that you could act like him, look like him, be like him, and give away what you have. And if you don't give it away, it's going to get weird. But it's time now. He, and, and the Lord said, Jeff, there's, it's national revival time. You tell them. It was 60 years to the day. 60 years to the day. I would the Lord took me to heaven. I got a miracle in heaven, standing in a 50s revival meeting by Branham. 50, 60 years to the day, the voice of healing, then the declaration, you are in revival, and it was the same thing, now I'm in Australia. And the Lord said, you tell them, I'm, re I'm, I'm releasing this season now, this times, this first Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, the sons of Issachar, the sons of Australia were men of understanding, women of understanding who understand times and seasons. You tell them now. They are in an Isaiah 60 window of arise and shine, but it's time to rise up into it. If you don't do something with it, if you don't move, it's not going to happen. Rise, get up from the depression, get up from the prostration in which your current circumstances have kept you down. Rise to a new life, rise to a new season, rise and shine for your light has come. This is the year of shining bright Light, 57, seven, uh, 5776. This is the year of shining bright light. Rise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Kings will come. Nations will come to the brightness of your rising. You're getting up. But it's time to rise up into it. So it's a time of activation. It's a time of impartation. It's a time for, for God's dread champions, for those that won't back down, God's diggers who won't back down in the face of adversity. It's time to rise and shine. God has hand-selected you to be here during this time. That's amazing. This is also the 70th year. The 70th Jubilee. Since Joshua went into the promised land to take it. How about that? This is also the 70th year. That was the end of the war in 1945. Okay, 70 years. But it's the 70th year, and this is the symmetry. Daniel. Chapter 9 says this. First of all, let me say this. God is giving in this season angelic assistance. He's giving angelic help. This is a season where God gives keys that unlocks destiny, unlocks wisdom, unlocks understanding, unlocks revelation so that you can get to the place and you can be at the place where you need to be. You need supernatural assistance. You need supernatural help. And if you will accept this word, 
God will put his hand to your life and he will release angelic help. He will release his virtues. He will release the angelic realm to assist you. He wants to employ, he wants to give you help from heaven. Listen, Jesus Christ, second person of the triune Godhead, he needed the assistance of angels. He needed them. You say, well, he was God. He didn't need, yeah, he did. He emptied himself of, of the divine nature. Philippians 2 said he left that all aside. He didn't reach at his position or his title, but he became like us in all things. He was made like his brothers in all things. He demonstrated what a man filled with the Holy Spirit could do. He never did one miracle as God. He did, a, he did miracles, signs and wonders as a man who's in right relationship with God, filled with the Holy Ghost. He needed the assistance. There were angels at his birth. There were angels in his hour of testing, 40, 40 uh, days in the wilderness, fasting and praying. The angels came and scripture says touched him and strengthened him. There were angels constantly in his ministry. He told Nathaniel in one, John 1, 15, uh, uh, John 1 uh, 50, 51, he said, Listen, Nathaniel, you're going to see the heavens open and the angels constantly going up and down upon the Son of Man. What were they doing? They were bringing miracles, revelation, healing, signs and wonders. Every time he released virtue, every time he touched somebody, they were there. Bless the Lord, Psalm 103, verse 20. You, his angels, who do the mighty works of power, when you begin to stick your hand out there, when you begin to exercise your faith, when you begin to decree on earth as it is in heaven, those angels are coming up and coming down upon you. They were angels at his, at his hour of his greatest testing when he was in Gethsemane, and he was sweating great drops of blood saying, Pop, it's going to be rough. <laughs> it's going to be hard, Dad. If there's any way for this thing to pass from me, let it happen, but not my will, your will. The angels came and strengthened him, encouraged him. They were his friends. And they were angels at his resurrection, angels at his ascension. And if he needed angels, if he needed the help, the cooperation of heaven, how much more do we? And they're here. And there's a new dispensation. There is a new assignment. There is a new allegiance, a new revelation, a new something happening where, where the Lord is saying, I'm going to increase. I'm going to assign. I'm, I'm releasing new assignments of angels for a new season in this nation. You watch what God does. One angel killed 375,000 Midianites. One angel. Just one angel. Jesus said, all I have to do is, I, have to, all I, ha I could just call my father and he'd send 12,000 legions. There's a new cooperation of heaven. There's a new cooperation that's coming. And, and uh, here we are in Daniel chapter 9. Look at this. Daniel chapter 9. Seventy years. It says, in the first year of Darius, son of of Azurus, of the offspring of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, 
I, Daniel, understood from the books the number of years which according to the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet must pass by before the desolation which had been pronounced on Jerusalem should end. And it was 70 years. Now remember, they were in Babylonian exile. They were in Babylonian captivity captivity. Nebuchadnezzar came and destroyed Solomon's temple. They carried off the gold, the silver, all of the precious articles, and, they, and Nebuchadnezzar brought it away into Babylon, Babylon and all of the, of the captives of Israel became slaves of Babylon. Jeremiah the prophet was there, and he prophesied in Jeremiah 29.11. Most of us know 29.11. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you. That you might have an expected end. But we fail to read verse 10, which, which is, let me just read it. Verse 10 is all. For thus says the Lord, when the 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and keep my good promise to you, causing you to return to this place. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Do you know that God's got plans for you? He's been planning this out from the foundation of this nation. Do you know that? And your mothers and your fathers, they fought for a lot of different things. A lot of amazing things. But they didn't see. They weren't the beneficiaries of the things that you are. You get to see the hand of God move on this nation. They weren't permitted to see it. But you are. You are going to see the power of God touch this nation. You are going to see one of the greatest healing revivals that the world has ever seen. You're going to see it. It's going to come right out of Australia. It's going to come right out of Australia. God has been preparing you. He planned. He planned this. And you're part of it. You're here tonight. You're here. You're born during this time. Isn't that exciting? The Lord says this. I know the plans that I have for you. After 70 years, Daniel's reading the prophecy. Daniel's reading that prophecy in Daniel chapter 9. He's reading Jeremiah's prophecy. And the verse, first, first thing that happens, verse 3 says, So I set my face to the Lord God to seek him by prayer and by supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. He began to immediately go into identificational repentance. He began to say, oh God, forgive us. We're in captivity now. Now I'm not saying this is where you are. He began to go into identificational repentance. Oh God, Daniel was praying, Lord, forgive us. We've turned our backs on you. That's why we were carried away into Babylon. That's why the temple was destroyed. Lord, forgive our fathers. Forgive our forefathers. Forgive us as a nation. He began to, to move in repentance, national repentance. Daniel did. And while he was praying and, and making peti petitions, while 
he was saying in verse 19. He was saying, oh God, forgive, Lord. Give heed and act. Do not delay. For your own sake, my God, cause your city and your people who are called by your name. While he was speaking and praying, verse 20 says, and confessing the sins of his people and presenting supplication before the Lord. Yes, while I was even speaking, verse 21, in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in former visions, he was caused swiftly to fly before me. Times, seasons, angelic help, scrolls, destiny. While I was speaking, Gabriel came and he was and he flew swiftly near me and he touched me about the time of the, of the evening sacrifice and he instructed me, Adam, verse 22, he instructed me and he made me understand keys of understanding. He talked with me and he said, oh Daniel, this is 22, verse 22, 22 is the spirit of wisdom. 22 is the number for wisdom. He made me understand. God's going to make you understand. He's going to cause you to understand. The spirit of understanding. It might not compute, but all of a sudden, it just all clears up, and I understand. It's understanding that comes from heaven. He caused me to understand. He talked with me, and he said, Oh, Daniel! I am now come forth to give you skill and to give you wisdom and to give you understanding, to give you knowledge. At the beginning of your prayers, and, and when your prayer went out, you are greatly beloved. And he went on to tell him many other things. This is the 70th year since the 70th Jubilee since Joshua went in to take the promised land. There's symmetry there. When they were released, King Cyrus, King Cyrus was the great, great, great grandson of King Nebuchadnezzar. When, when the children of Israel were released after 70 years, God raised up King Cyrus. How many heard about the Cyrus anointing? He was a Babylonian king. And the Lord loved him. He said, before you were born, I loved you. Before you were born, I knew you. You have my heart. I love you, Cyrus. Babylonian king. And God put his favor on Cyrus. And there's a Cyrus anointing that's being released. A Cyrus anointing. Cyrus told the children of Israel told Daniel was there. Uh, uh, Zechariah was there. Joshua, the high priest. Ezra was there. And it was also, it was also Haggai, the prophet. He was there. They were all part of the Babylonian, the prophets that were in Babylon. And Cyrus said, here's what I'm going to do. I love God. And because I love God, I'm going to release you to go back home and to rebuild the tabernacle. To rebuild the tabernacle. I'm going to give you, not only am I going to release you, but I'm going to give you all of the gold. I'm going to give you all of the silver. 
I'm going to give you everything that my great, great, great grandfather took when Solomon's temple was destroyed. I'm going to give it all back to you. And not only that, but I'm going to pay 70 years back wages for you to go and to go back to Jerusalem and to rebuild the, t the tabernacle where you can worship God again, where his glory can come again. Now listen to me. I want you to turn with me to the book of Haggai quickly. Haggai chapter 2. It's just a few chapters over. Haggai chapter 2. Haggai was one of those prophets. And here it is. God had to rebuke the children of Israel because after they were given all the gold and all the silver and, and released to rebuild the tabernacle, to rebuild God's house, they spent 16 years. They never built God's house. They were busy paneling and building their own houses. And God took his favor off of them. His blessing came off of them. And the people were complaining. And Haggai said, hey, is it, don't you find it strange that you look for much and it comes to little? Don't you think, think it's strange that you, you work hard to get money to put it in your pocket only to find out that your pockets have holes in it and you lose it all? He said, consider your ways. He said, since the time you were left, 16 years has passed by and you've not done what you were supposed to do. You were given the power, you were given the mandate to rebuild the tabernacle so that God's glory could come back into the nation. I'm telling you something now. Look at this. And the Lord told Zerubbabel, verse 2, son of Shelti, a governor of Judah, and Joshua, who was high priest, verse 3, this is what the Lord said to them. Who is left among you who has seen this house, Solomon's house, in all of its former glory? And how do you see it now? Is not this your, is this not in your sight as nothing in comparison? There were still people alive who remember Solomon's temple. Who is there among you that have seen Solomon's house in all of its glory? And, and you say, this is nothing in comparison to what that was. It's nothing. We're trying to rebuild it. But how are we going to reduplicate Solomon's temple? It took him years to build it with the best craftsmen. Yet, the word of the Lord says this, verse 4, Yet now be strong and alert and courageous, O Zerubbabel, be strong and alert and courageous, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. And be strong and alert and courageous, all you people. For I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Be strong now. Be strong now. Be courageous. I'm with you. Look at this. According to the promise that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt. How did they come out of Egypt? 400 years. They were only 70 years in Babylon. The Lord says, be strong. Be courageous. 
I'm going to be with you just like I was with you when you came out of 400 years. Remember Egypt? I'm going to be with you like that. Well, how did they come out? They came out with the power of signs and wonders and miracles. It was the government of heaven. God broke the back of the strongest nation upon the face of the planet through miracles. The Lord says, I'm going to be with you like that. So be strong, Joshua. Be strong, Zerubbabel. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Be strong as you're rebuilding the house. That's the other part of Zechariah. Be strong. Be courageous. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. Look at verse, th uh, verse 6. For thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more, I'm going to be with you just like I was in Egypt. My spirit is going to stand and it will abide in the midst of you just like it was in Egypt. For thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more, just like in Egypt, I'm going to do it again. In a little while, I will shake and make tremble the heavens, the earth, and the sea, and the dry ground. What does that sound like? Sounds like Moses. I'm going to shake the sea. I'm going to shake the land. I'm going to shake the starry hosts of heaven. It's prophetic language. I'm going to cause the stars to come down. I'm going to call miracles. I'm going to call nature is going to testify to what I'm going to do. That's amazing. He said, I will shake all the nations and the desire and the precious things of all the nations will come in and I will fill this house with splendor, says the Lord of hosts. For the silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts, and the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. Seventy years now. This is the 70-year jubilee. The 70th jubilee. A jubilee is 50 years. The 70th jubilee goes right back to when Joshua went into the promised land. And he took it. How did Joshua go in? The Lord said, you don't need to fight. I will fight for you. I'm telling you, God is going to do something in this nation that's going to shock you. The Lord told me, Jeff, you tell them it's now. Tell them it's now. It's now time. I had an encounter that was just a 60-year encounter with a man, a prophet, Branham, in 1955, March the 15th. I had the encounter while I was in Australia with Branham in 2015, March the 15th. And the Lord said it was healing revival in the nations then, and it's going to be healing revival in this nation now. 